It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Locked On Thunder Podcast, on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. It's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. You can follow the show on Twitter at LOThunderPod. Email the show, LOThunderPod at gmail.com. Call in the show, 405-362-7128. On today's show, we have a very special guest, our NBA draft expert, Richard Stamen at Mavs Draft on Twitter. Richard we are just a couple of days away now. I think we can officially move the countdown from weeks to days at this point from the NBA draft. How excited are you? Uh, I'm excited to be done with it. I think at this point more than I'm excited to see the draft. It's uh, It's been a long process, not nearly as long as last year, but I am excited for the draft night and seeing where everyone falls. It has been a long draft process and you know, I, I've often said that I wonder what next offseason is going to be like, because next offseason, we should be back to the normal schedule. And like, is that going to feel like an eternity compared to these last two, where we've got the draft coming up the 29th, we've got free agency the second, and then we're back in action in early October. I think the first preseason game is like October 3rd for the first preseason game. Obviously, training camp will happen in September. So like we only really have the dead month of August, like the late August periods and early September periods as the dead periods for this offseason. So the, the process, I think, will be interesting next year. Uh, but a process that I want to talk to you about is James Bugnight. Because throughout this draft process, you've been very high on him. And longtime listeners know from the get-go of us having you on, on this podcast, you've had James Bugnight famously in your top five and have just screwed over my guy Jalen Green. But that's another conversation. Nonetheless, you've had James Bugnight in the top five. And then on Friday... It came out from Kevin O'Connor that the Oklahoma City Thunder, if Scotty Barnes is not on the board, prefer James Bugnight. I want to give you time to give a, to do a victory lap right now, but then also dive into uh, what kind of player Bugnight is. <laughs> I mean, too early to take a victory lap um, because the ranking isn't for, you know, mock draft, unfortunately. I wish it was, but um, unfortunately, you know, got to see how he is in game and everything first, but I am glad to see the consensus starting to catch up on book night. I mean, I'll keep it simple. Like his 
archetype of scoring, the way he scores, the athleticism, it translates. As long as he doesn't have a black hole, that's really his worst outcome is that he becomes a black hole scorer. And even then he probably sticks around for a little bit. Like we've seen black holes stick. So when you're looking at James Bugnight, what to you is the most interesting aspect of his game? Why do you have him at five? Like what's, what was that, that trait or those traits, if there's multiple that made you boost him to five when most people until Friday had him in the late teens, twenties in that range what is the reason why he was always so high on your board? Yeah. So he's always been in my top eight since uh, I want to say actually the beginning of the season, because he showed out in his freshman year. I thought he showed a declared last year. Um, obviously I think I was wrong, but I've been high on him just because that scoring is automatic. The way he scores, the way he creates his own look, it is all there. So I I'm really high on him. And, you know, one other thing that made me kind of more confident in putting in my top five is there's never been a draft where every top five player hits. And the consensus top five players this year are probably going to be the top five. Um, you know, there's a very good chance Kuminga is that guy, even though I have Kuminga above him at four, um, kind of sticking to my guns. And I don't and, and I should clarify because what I'm I just realized what I'm saying is probably going to sound like I think Jalen Green's the bus. And I actually don't think that's him. I think Kuminga is the most likely and randomly one of Mobley or uh, green might, but my whole thing was, it was a calculated risk knowing that if you put the consensus top five, you're probably more likely to be wrong than if you put someone outside of the consensus top five in your five. So it's just a calculated risk. I uh, love what he brings. I think he's a complete offensive player. Doesn't need to be a high level playmaker. I know that's a big knock on him and he does need to improve reducing turnovers and just getting teammates better. But that's something that I think will come at the NBA level very easily given his scoring arsenal. Exactly. Let's stay here at the turnovers because that's been a huge deal uh, for Thunder fans and, and, and I'm sure every fan base evaluating James Boog Knight, but Thunder fans have been very critical of him because of his turnover to assist ratio, uh, but he's not going to be a point guard. Like you, you have your point guard in SGA and he averaged 2.0 turnovers last year. Boog Knight did. Uh, he had 2.1 turnovers for his career uh, per game. Other players in college basketball who had turnovers per game, Cade at four, SGA at 2.7, Scotty Barnes at 2.5, Lou Dort at 2.9, Russell Westbrook at 2.5, Lonzo at 2.5, Fultz at 3.2, Jason Tatum at 2.6, and CP3 at 2.7. They all have uh, similar similar usage rates, and in fact, uh, Boog Knight has higher usage rates. So he's had the ball in his hands enough to uh, up those turnover numbers. And again, he's not going to be asked to be the assistant leader or to be the facilitator. So why is it that you're not concerned about the assist to turnover ratio? Yeah. I mean, the turnovers are something I actually am concerned about, but kind of like you said, the usage is, I think a part of it when you just have a ball in your hands that much, you're probably going to commit more turnovers. I mean, we see it with Luka Doncic as a prime example. Um, while he does, you know, kind of shoot himself in the foot. It's not, it's more because he has the ball in his hands so much that he's going to turn it over. It's just a natural way of the game and the same can apply to book night on that front, but what doesn't worry me at all is the assist because 1.8 assists per game this year doesn't sound good when you look at it from the surface, but then you dive into it. He had the second best assist per game number on the team. And I think that kind of shows the context of the team where it's just, they didn't get assists, and they also weren't that great of a shooting team. If I'm not mistaken, I do need to double check that, but I, I'm pretty sure that as a team, they didn't have many guys shooting uh, that well from three I'm, I'm pulling it up now and yeah I mean they had two guys shoot over 35 percent so like I don't know it's uh it, it's not exactly an area or from three excuse me it's not exactly a team that was full of 
options. And when you get that in the league, when you go from playing with UConn, who has zero NBA players in the future from this roster, to say Oklahoma City, one of the highest upside teams, the assists are going to look a lot different when you're passing instead of a random point guard, you're going to be passing to SGA, who give who it does wonders for teammates in terms of assists. It's going to look a lot different. Yeah, assists is a two-person stat that has a lot to do with luck. Obviously, there's vision involved. There's feel for the game involved. Uh, but Bugnight, to me, it's not a mental thing with him. He wants to be a playmaker. He told us at the Combine that he thinks that that's his most underrated skill right now, that he wants to prove he is a playmaker. Uh, it's just a matter of a bad system, with bad spacing, and bad players. Like No offense to the UConn players, they were bad outside of James Bugnight. His usage percentage was 27.8%. In college, Russ was 21%, 218 SGA was 219 Fultz was 31.4. CP3 was 20.6, which is which was surprising to me that his was that low. Tatum, 26.2. K 29.1. Scotty Barnes, 23.7. Lou Dort, 27.9. And then Lonzo, 18.6. So the usage rate is there. He had the ball in his hands a ton. That leads to turnovers uh, in that aspect. I think that naturally the turnovers kind of fade away, which I said the same thing for Cade Cunningham whenever I did his draft profile of like, whenever you just eliminate the poor spacing and get into a better offensive system that by the very nature with talented basketball players, whether it's Bugnight is and Kate is that will take away turnovers. It's not as though these guys are just silly and they're, and they're forcing everything. Sure. The Kate and Bugnight have both forced things, but it's a product of forcing things because their teammates are bad. They're trying to do too much. And again, the spacing is horrid and the offensive systems are, t- are horrid. Go try to watch a basketball game for college basketball. It is not the beautiful game that the NBA is. So I think that the turnovers are a bit overstated. The lack of assists are a bit overstated. They don't worry me that much because not everyone has to be a point guard. Not everyone has to be an assist getter. And so Bugnight won't be that. And so to me, criticizing his assist to turnover ratio would kind of be like criticizing his post scoring. I'm not going to ask him to be a post score. I'm not going to ask him to be a point guard. So I don't really care necessarily about assist to turnover ratio. Yeah, I mean, you, you got to know what's relevant. And again, like you said, I, I do think uh, I, I will slightly disagree, but I think if we agree overall, it's a minor nitpicking. I mean, he will have to play make for others being just naturally a shooting guard. He will, but it's like when it's, you can pick up, you can't pick him apart in that area. I think is what you're saying, right? And like, we agree. You can't pick him apart in that area. Like that's his primary skill when it's not. Like you can't, not everything is primary skill, like you said. So that's the important thing to look at it with. Yeah, it's not as though he's never going to have to play make, but that's not going to be what you want from him because naturally in the flow of an offense, especially in the current day, we're playing positionless basketball. There are going to be times where he needs to make a pass, but I believe that he's comfortable enough to pass the ball. that He's talented enough to pass the ball that he can make basic primary reads. Now, is he going to be a dazzling playmaker the way that maybe, you know, SGA can be, or the way that CP three can be, or the way that Alonzo or Lamelo can be, no, he won't, he won't have to dazzle you with the way that he can pass the ball and just see things that other people cannot see. But he can make the basic reads. And with the basic reads, with his offensive skill set that you want from him, the scoring and things like that, that's a talented basketball player that I don't care what his assist to turnover ratio is because I think that naturally the turnovers go down and the, turn- and the assists go up naturally because he has better players around him and because he's in a better system. This podcast is brought to you by our live NBA draft show. NBA draft goat Chad Ford, the Locked On NBA draft host Raphael Barlow, and Locked On NBA host John Corrales will be live this year covering the NBA draft. It's the Locked On NBA draft 2021 brought to you by Built Bar. Get local expert analysis on each and every pick. Follow the Locked On NBA channel on YouTube today today. 
and watch our live coverage of the July 29th draft starting at 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Central. Make sure you're there. Make sure you're excited for it because, again, we have so many great guests. Chad Ford, Raphael Barlow, John Corrales, all hop on there. Every time the Thunder make a pick or a trade, I'll be on there as well. All of our local experts will be on there as well. It's going to be such a fun time. It's an awesome time. Make sure you're live with us on the live draft coverage on YouTube, Locked on NBA. But I do want to tell you right now about our good friends over at rockauto.com. Rockauto.com is a family-owned business serving you auto parts online for 20 years. That's right. 20 years ago, you could have been going to rockauto.com and finding all the parts your car would ever need. Now, my favorite part about rockauto.com is their amazing website. It's so easy to navigate. It's so great to use because all I have to do is put my make, my model, my year into their database, and they're only going to show me car parts that are compatible with my vehicle. That way, I'm not wasting time, effort, money on parts I cannot use, parts I do not need. It's so simple. It's so easy. RockAuto.com helps me out greatly. You do not want to waste time at a brick-and-mortar store. Just go online right now to RockAuto.com. When you do, tell them Locked On sent you in the how did you hear about us box, and they'll know what to do from there. RockAuto.com, amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life, homechef.com slash locked on. Must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Yeah, I mean, it's it's going to be, a can his game scale up with talent? That's really the ultimate question. It comes down to book night, and I think it's an easy yes. That's why I have him number five. So another thing that people have kind of knocked on book night is his age. I, I don't really care about that. He'll be 21 when the season starts. Same age as Darius Baisley. So if you believe Baisley has room to grow, you should believe that Bugnight has room to grow. Also, Bugnight started playing basketball later in life. I was first a baseball player, as we found out at the Combine in that Zoom call with him. I think that that's kind of overstated. Also, the shooting. I think that the shooting is something that should not worry you whatsoever, in my opinion. What about you with the shooting 30, 30% from beyond the arc? Not at all. He does need to speed up his form, but it's so projectable. The shooting shouldn't even come up in a concern. Well, whenever you look at Bugnight, would you feel comfortable taking him at six? And I'll give you my opinion on that. I mean, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't think very long and hard about it. The only way I would, I would probably like, man, I'm hitting a wall on this. I think I would take Kuminga over him just because his upside is probably higher. But if you're making the calculated risk of whose upside is more realistic, it's probably book night. And if book and if the consensus top five goes top five, Kuminga is the fifth pick. Take book night. I, I he's gonna fit. 
He's going to, it's, he accelerates the timeline. He's not a project. You can find projects at 16, 18, 34, 36, wherever you want to find them. There's other places. Don't do it at number six. I, I say, take the bucket getter, take the guy who is going to have a chance to be a cornerstone at six. So whenever I see Boone at six, the reason that I'd be so comfortable with it is because to me, his ceiling is a number two scoring option for a title team. I don't feel like I get that with Scotty Barnes. I don't feel like I get that with Kaminga in the sense of, do I like Kaminga? Yes. Do I like Scotty Barnes? Yes. But what, whose ceiling is more obtainable to me? It's Scotty Barnes. Uh, ceiling is more, I mean, I'm sorry. To me, the ceiling that's more obtainable is J, uh, James Knight. I think that it's more attainable and he has the best path to being an offensive bucket getter and a number two option. And if after all this bad lottery luck, if you can still find a number two scoring option for this team heading into next year with SGA already proven to be a number one caliber option, that is a great find. Now he has to reach that ceiling. We'll see if he can actually do it, but taking that chance is why I'm so high on James Knight. At the end of the day, no matter who Presty takes, everyone will just say trust in Presty, and we have to wait three or four years to see who's right or who's wrong. But that's why I'm so comfortable taking Bugnight. Yeah, I mean, I, I I can't disagree with anything you said. You said it really well, and I, I I think he's very easy to overthink. And guys like that, just I don't know. I I just feel like that's a very translatable player. Is again, like I said it before, but the athleticism, the smoothness, the creation, the scoring ability at three levels, if if he can tone it down and, and I have no reason to think he wouldn't because what college player translates their game one-to-one where everything they were doing is the exact same they're going to be doing in the NBA outside of maybe number one picks. Those are like the only guys who you can say that about. It's like James book Knight is not going to be doing the same things he was doing at UConn as he will be in the NBA, especially at the same level or scale or anything like that. It's the whole scalability argument is just, he's so much more favorable for the NBA game than college game. And he still dominated college. Now, when you look at Boog Knight, Scotty Barnes, Kaminga, again, do I like Barnes and Kaminga? Of course. But am I wrong in saying that the best, the, the most important thing is offense? And the player who has the most obtainable offensive ceiling is Boog Knight. I like what Kaminga can do. I like what Barnes can do. But when you look at those two guys, they have such offensive holes in their game that it would take just one-of-one development and, and, and coaching, which the Thunder do have, uh, to reach their ceiling. Whenever I look at Boog Knight, what I see is a player who's better offensively by miles and, and, can, and can fill in better offensively in the NBA because when Scotty Barnes is successful in the offense, it's mainly in transition. He's not really in half-court sets the way that Boog Knight is. And also, Boog Knight grades out as a good defender. So it's not like you're losing that much defensively either. And Mark Thayna's been proven to improve somebody's defensive abilities. So to me, it's a no-brainer. I'd rather have Boog Knight. But, but what's kind of the argument on the other side of why you would, say, argue for Scotty Barnes or Kaminga? Well, I think if you're wanting to get that, I mean, how do I word this? Scotty Barnes is going to be the, has the potential to be the best glue guy in the league, have that impact, because uh, he's not the same player as Draymond Green did for the Warriors. And say everyone on this court, current core hits, right? Like building block Baisley gets better next year and proves to proves back to being that label building block. Baisley, SGA obviously is the cornerstone. I've no worries about that. Poku hits his ceiling. Wouldn't you want a connector piece, like the best connector in years in Scotty Barnes? That would be the one argument I would say. And 
in favor of Scotty Barnes is what he does for a team that already has a core in place might be better than what book Knight does. That's interesting. I think that again, I like all three. I think that it's going to be one of those three, unless somehow Jalen Suggs falls, which I think that we both agree he won't fall. Right. No. And so we'll see. It's boring, but we'll see. I don't, I know that I've, I've been pretty passionate about Book Knight on Twitter the last couple of days and uh, yesterday on the podcast and today on this podcast. But at the end of the day, no matter who they pick, we'll just have to wait and see. It's going to be a big wait and see game. But what I wanted to do um, on today's show, before we had the news of KOC breaking the, the Book Knight story, which you were all over, by the way, yet again, I'll take the victory lap for you. You were all over that. What I wanted to do is have a mocked draft. We'll do this again coming up next week as well to see where we where our heads are at entering the draft's going to go with every other pick. I'll give you the first pick with Detroit. You're now on the clock with this mock draft. Who are you going with? You want me to start number one? Go ahead. I mean, Cade. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need an explanation, right? <laughs> yeah, no explanation needed for Cade Cunningham. Number two, I'm going to go with Jalen Green. He's been my number two prospect all year long. Obviously very heavily tied to Houston. Rumors of a promise with Houston. I think that they take Jalen Green. I go green too with uh, Houston. I'll go Mobley to Cleveland. I think um, he can fit next to Jared Allen just fine. That's interesting. I think that Cleveland could be a trade down candidate, but probably not. I think that they just kind of stay put at three, right? Yeah. I mean, real quick to go on a quick side tangent. It's like, what's their incentive to get out of the top three? Like, are they doing it just because like, unless you get blown away, I don't see why they would. I think they can get like, it's a quality versus quantity thing. Evan Mobley is a better trade piece, I think, in two years than the number five and eight pick. Now, I, I want your feeling on Toronto right here because to me, they're one of the more interesting options in the draft because I could see Masai going off the grid here, taking a Scotty Barnes uh, over uh, Jalen Suggs, even though that Jalen Suggs has been kind of the consensus here. Ultimately, I still lean Suggs. Where do you lean? I think it Suggs. Um, I'm trying not to, who knows with, with Toronto too, though, like they were the team that took the chance on Bruno, right. With the, when nobody saw it coming the two years away from being two years away, you can't outsmart the Raptors. I, I still think they're going to take Jalen sucks. So it's just too obvious that you can't overthink that. Well, you're on the clock now with your Orlando magic, and this can really decide the fate of the thunder draft pick next. Yeah, you know where I stand. I said it a minute ago, or I hinted at it during our book night talk, but um, Jonathan Kaminga is my guy in Orlando. I think he's a good developmental swing, can turn that label around that Orlando can't develop. And I think he's better than the G League season showed. He might struggle. He will struggle in year one, but I think he's a good long-term player. So here's where the Thunder on the clock now. They have Scotty Barnes available, James Booknight available. Uh, really, this is a tough spot to be in because – if you believe the KOC report that these are the two guys they prefer, which path do you take? Personally, I would take Bugnight over Scotty Barnes. What I think the Thunder would do, though, is take Scotty Barnes. So I'll take Scotty Barnes here, leaving the Warriors on the clock at seven. I want to tell you right now about our Locked On Ultimate Mock Draft. It's so fun, and it's rolling out right now. You can listen to our Ultimate Mock Draft 2021, presented by Locked On and Odyssey. Featuring analysis analysis from the GOAT NBA mock drafter, Chad Ford, Odyssey NBA experts, Brian Scalabrini, the White Mamba, and Ryan McDonough, former NBA GM, our locked-on local experts act as their team's GMs, and we get through the entire draft featuring trades, featuring surprise picks, 
Very, very, very surprise picks, I might add. Make sure you go listen to it right now on the Odyssey app or wherever else you get your podcast from by searching the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021. The Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 presented by Odyssey. Odyssey, that's A-U-D-A-C-Y. I also want to say about your friends over at BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all of your sport action. Baseball's in full swing. Track that action at BetOnline.ag. Get the latest news, odds, and info on all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and UFC MMA action. So before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Do not sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance right now to get into the game at BetOnline.ag. Make sure you go over there right now to the website and use your mobile device. Go to BetOnline.ag. Use our code Locked On. That code will get you a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. A 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet on the NBA Finals. Bet on baseball. Bet on Free agency, but on over-unders, but on the Olympics, everything you can imagine at betaline.ag. Go over there right now and then put in the code Locked On, and you'll get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportbook experts. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So you took Scotty? I took Scotty Barnes. I'll take Book Knight. I'll shoot myself in the foot as an Orlando fan. That means that your Orlando Magic are back on the clock, and I don't know who to give your Orlando Magic. I might trade this pick because I'm I'm leaning towards just going crazy and drafting Keon Johnson. Oh, please don't. I, I, I really want to torment you and draft Keon Johnson. Is Sean Coleman of Locked On Grizzlies on this podcast? What is, is he holding you hostage? What's, what's going on? <laughs> he is the biggest Keon Johnson <laughs> fan there is, but – who who would you take here after after only being left with Davion Mitchell, who I don't like? I think that he's not very translatable to the NBA. I I don't particularly like Keon Johnson's fit with Orlando, but I do like him as a player for upside factor. Does does Franz Wagner really do anything for you in Orlando? So I have four players. I was actually going to list Franz as one. Franz would be a glue guy, but the Franz needs to be drafted for a team that's like trying to make get over the hump. He's a guy who gets you over the hump where like you're mediocre and gets you out of mediocrity to like the bottom of the playoffs, which is like in the West, that's better than mediocre. That's just an unfortunate situation, but like us, excuse me, Sacramento needs that. That could be one. So you could steal him from Sacramento. The other three that came to mind, my top one would probably be Jaden Springer, the opposite Tennessee player. Alperin Shengun would be another option. And I'm going to give a reach pick, and it's not Jalen Johnson, actually. I would can really consider J.T. Thor. I know that's really wild, but I'm all in on him. J.T. Thor. You're the first one I've ever heard talking about J.T. Thor as a top 10 guy. So. Hey, it would fit. The, the Milwaukee front office is the one that reached and got Thon Maker, but I don't know. We've seen weirder things, and he's better than Thon was. You know, I'm going to go ahead and give the magic Shingun. Okay, I, I can live with it. New age Vucevic for them. You're on the clock for the Sacramento Kings. Um, I kind of had I have to at this point. Uh, this makes it really hard. I'm choosing between Moody and Franz, and I think I'm going to go Franz. Get some over the hump. 
And then the New Orleans Pelicans are on the clock now. And I'm going to take Corey Kispert. I think that if they keep this pick, Corey Kispert makes a ton of sense for them. Although Kispert here with you now on the clock with the Hornets. Uh, I'm going to go Usman Garuba. I have him number nine on my board. They need another big man. He's My comparison was Cody Zeller. And Cody Zeller very likely, I think, is going to be gone. And he, I don't think people realize how good he was for that team. You get a guy who year one replaces his defense. So Usman Garuba. So explain that pick to me. Explain what you like about him. Because I, I just cannot see it with him quite yet, especially not to be in the top 10 on your big board. What do you yeah. see with him? Defense. I mean, he is so advanced on the defensive end. I've never seen a 19, I think he's 19 um, year old, be able to defend the pick and roll as high level as he can. He was 18, excuse me, during half the season. He can guard the pick and roll, reads deep pick and rolls unbelievably well, just is a master class um, team defender at age 19. And I think if he's drafted the right situation like Charlotte, that's perfect for him. I, I would love to see him stick and, you know, be a day one defender. With the Spurs, I'm going to go Josh Giddy. Just seems like a pop guy. Let's go Giddy. What do you have for the Pacers at 13 and who will Rick Carlisle never play as a rookie? Moses Moody uh, and fits the shooting needs next to Sabonis makes up, I think for, it really just helps everybody. It's a good guy. Then the Warriors on the clock at 14. He's lasted from seven to 14. I'll take Davion Mitchell for the Warriors. Yeah, I still wouldn't touch him in the lottery myself, but I can understand the pick for the Warriors. You are now on the clock with the Wizards. I have a clear guy I'm targeting for the Wizards, but I want to hear who you're going to select. I'm taking, God, I feel like I'm going to miss someone. Uh, You know what? I'm going to go swing for the fences. I'm going to go Jalen Johnson. Wow, Jalen Johnson. I If the Wizards plan on um, taking, you know, Bradley Beal and Russ Westbrook in the next season – I would like to see them go Chris Duarte here as a guy who can heavily impact um, next season. Yeah. I was talking with uh, David Locke on our ultimate mock draft show, how you get a free agent value out of Chris Duarte. I was considering him and Jaden Springer. Well, let's see where the thunder go at 16. I'm on the clock now. Uh, This is interesting to me. The best option here is either Cam Thomas or it's Kai Jones. Since we didn't get the bucket getter in Boog Knight at six, I'm going to go Cam Thomas here at 16. And now you're on the clock at 17 with the Grizzlies. Interesting. I would have, I thought you were actually going to go Trey Mann. Um, for the Grizzlies, I'm going to go Josh Christopher. I think this happens in real life and I think it's a fit. He's three and D or not three and D, excuse me, three level scorer and defense. Um, didn't get handed a great situation at Arizona State. I love his upside. And then at 18, I'm between Kai Jones for me personally. And then I know the Thunder like Isaiah Jackson. I just don't, I do not like Isaiah Jackson at all. Uh, I'm going to go Kai Jones here at 18. You're on the clock now at 19 with the Knicks. I have to, uh, man, I'm going to, I'm going to play with fire and test my luck. I'm going to take Sharif Cooper just because that's the ultimate Knicks pick. Everybody wants him there. I'll start with him there and see what happens at 21. And then with the Hawks on the clock, I'm going to go with, well, this is tough because Trey Mann could be a nice backup point guard for them. But there's still Trey Murphy third on the board. The, the Hawks are also a tough team to draft for. Can I shoot myself in the foot? I think Jaden Springer is literally perfect. 
with the Hawks. Oh, yeah, Jaden Springworth, the Hawks makes a lot of sense. Let's go, Jaden Springworth, the Hawks. That's who I was. Oh, I shot myself in the foot and I played <laughs> the fire and I didn't win. So that was who I was going to take at 21. I really wanted to take him at 19. Um, is Kai Jones still there? Uh, no, I took Kai Jones with the Thunder. Oh, my bad. I totally heard that too. I, I'm going to stick, you know, do I get another? I, my whole thing with the Knicks is I'm probably overthinking this, but their whole thing is they're gearing up for a star. You know, we heard rumblings. So I, I still don't know how accurate they are, but they want to get Damian Lillard. They're very in on getting Donovan Mitchell, I would assume. Um, Tom Sexton. Yeah, they want they want they want these young high upside plays. They're trying to build up assets to be able to trade. I'm going to just keep taking upside. Um, I really wanted to go Duarte, but I'm going to take my best player available now, which is Trey Mann. Even though there's an overlap, I don't care. Trey Mann is now off the board. That means that with the Lakers at 22, I'm between Jared Butler, Chris Duarte, and Trey Murphy the third. I think I think Murphy would be a really good pick. I mean, he fits perfectly. I mean, the window is the next three years, right? Trey Murphy is easily the best option of all those. Wait, 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 wait. Duarte's gone, right? No, no, Duarte's on the board. Oh, Duarte then would yeah. be also a great pick. Yeah, I would that, actually say him over Murphy. Yeah, that's who I was leaning towards with the with the Lakers is Duarte. Uh, it's between him, Butler, and, and Murphy. Uh, let's go with the uh, Duarte here. Now you have the first Rockets pick right here. All right. On behalf of uh, Jackson Gatlin, I'm taking JT Thor. JT Thor. Here it is. Now 24. I have another Rockets pick. So shout out, shout out Jackson Gatlin. You know what? I have half a mind to sabotage the, the Rockets because I don't like them. <laughs> Do it. <laughs> I mean, you got a Mavs guy, you got a Thunder guy. This is like the perfect storm to do it. We just need to get locked on Spurs over here. Let's let's take and see this might not sabotage them necessarily. Because I feel like for the Rockets' sake, if you keep all three picks and you take three guaranteed rookies into the season next year, and this player is still on the board, what's the harm in trying to just take a swing at Keon Johnson next year? Yeah, that's probably the best landing spot. And I, I do think him going 20, better, like in the 20s, benefits him more than going I, t- I select Keon Johnson. You're on the clock now with the Clippers at 25. Okay. Um, this is tough. I I think I'm going to go with upside. I'm going to take uh, Josh Primo from Alabama, 6'6 shot creator that can shoot and play make really high ceiling. He's 18 years old, all in on him. That's interesting. Now, for me, the, the Nuggets are on the clock, and, and I find Trey Murphy the third as an option. I find uh, Quentin Grimes is an option here. I think that I'm leaning towards Murphy the third. Yeah, that'd be a good pick. I, I was thinking you were going to go guard. Uh, now you're back on the clock now with the Nets, and the Nets to me are the most fun team on the draft uh, because they can just they have the luxury of taking anything they want to take, just whoever. It doesn't matter. Like you can take yeah. anyone. You can swing at anything you want to swing at and see if it pans out. So who are you going to go with with the Nets? I'm going to go Isaiah, uh, Isaiah Jackson still there, right? Yes. Yeah, I'm taking Isaiah Jackson. Uh, swing for defensive upside, some offensive upside. 
So here the Sixers are on the clock. And another team who I think should find a way to balance drafting a guy who's going to be very tantalizing in trades and also, if you can't find a trade partner, can still be useful next year. So you don't want to go too high with the swing and not have a guy that's useful next year if you can't find a trade partner. We don't want to go too low to where it will not entice teams in trade talks. So I'm between Butler, Grimes, and Bones Highland. Who is what would be on your big board here if you're the Sixers? Jared Butler, easily. Let's go with Jared Butler here. And then you're on the clock with the Suns, who I have a clear-cut Suns pick uh, and a clear-cut Jazz pick. Uh, who, who do you have here? Uh, you know, I'm torn between <laughs> – this is like the state of the draft, right? Is I'm just torn between a few guys. And I think one of them actually is one of your guys and he plays a different position of who I'm going to draft. Um, as I was talking, I kind of figured it out. I'm going to take Miles McBride from West Virginia. We don't know what campaign's future in Phoenix is. And I don't know if they want to rely on campaign's future in Phoenix as a backup point guard. Miles McBride is a really high level defender, long arms, I think plus six inch wingspan can shoot, kind of create, could be really good next to Devin Booker. Well, there it was. See, I was going to go Bones Highland with the Suns. See, but I'm not, I'm not super high on him um, being a day one guy and on a team that it needs day one guys with upside. I don't, I don't think he would fit there. With the Jazz, tell me if I'm crazy, but this is what I've had in mind for about three weeks now with the Jazz. There's rumors of them wanting to trade away Joe Ingles and Bogdanovich if they need to to get an upgrade for their team. Plus, they're, they have some salary cap restrictions to where – um, it would make sense for them to move on from those players. Quentin Grimes, give them another shooter. This is a, this is the same team that drafted Udoka as a Buki last year in the first round for some ungodly reason. But Quentin Grimes, get a shooter. He's 6'5". He's kind of a little bit of versatile on the wing, and he can shoot the lights out of the gym at times. So is that is that where you would have gone? Is there a, an upside swing you take here with the Jazz? Where would you have gone besides Quentin Grimes? Yeah, I think I would have gone. I, I'm, I'm personally just not big on Grimes' game translating that much. I would have potentially taken Isaiah Todd. I thought it's who you were going to go with. Um, I think they can get anything they want. They need a combination of upside and floor, but um, can't go wrong with high floor, high upside, either of them or a blend. My worry with Grimes is that, you know, as a junior breaking out from going from Kansas where he peaked at his first game against Michigan State to really just being irrelevant and then, finding a way in a weaker conference as a junior when you're just older. Um, I'm a little bit skeptical of it all translating. That makes a lot of sense. I can understand that that hesitation with Grimes as a Kansas fan. I know the frustration that can be watching Quentin Grimes, uh, but I do like him a lot. Uh, now in the second round, it, you know, whenever you would go to commercial here for, for the ESPN factor, and we come back and we got to wait a little bit for Mark Tatum to go up there because we're switching commissioners for some reason. And now it's Mark Tatum for no, no reason at all. But nonetheless, Mark Tatum gets to appear twice a year out of the woodworks with the lottery in the draft. Who would be behind you on the green screen as your top available players? Because mine would be Isaiah Todd up there for sure. Uh, who would be up there for you? So my number one is Jeremiah Robinson Earl. I have him at 13th overall. The next one is Rocco Percotchin. He's my 24th best player. And then Zaire Williams, 26. That makes a lot of sense. I think that that's a good list. I, I wonder how to gauge Isaiah Todd because now he's getting a lot of first round buzz. Um, whenever he signed with Ignite, it was like a headline news. Uh, but, but it seems like NBA teams aren't even sure how to value him. Where would you feel comfortable with the team taking Isaiah Todd? I would say in the twenties, anywhere in the twenties, I wouldn't mind as early probably as Houston is where I would start. 
because one, Houston is the team with the most luxury where they can afford to miss. Two, I mean, you kind of said it, like the upside and appeal with um, with Isaiah Todd is he was formerly the number one prospect in high school, number one recruit for his class, excuse me. And the tools being 6'10", being able to create and, and shoot, it's pretty rare. It's worth an upside swing. He may not put it all together, but the idea is worth enough to be a first round pick. I would not hesitate in the first round, like 20 to 30. Who, in your opinion, had the best first round? Because I like what we do with the Rockets personally. Yeah, it's hard not to say the Rockets. Um, I was a really big fan of them. I also, I'm not going to lie, um, I'm enamored with the fit in Memphis. The Josh Christopher fit is just perfection to me. But I also like Golden State getting book night at seven. For the Thunder, they have a couple second round picks. With who's off the board right now, a few dream candidates for me would be, of course, Sandro Mamu. It would be Isaiah Todd uh, for me. I like taking a flyer on BJ Boston. Not sure how you feel about taking a flyer uh, on BJ Boston, uh, but also Vrens. Uh, talk about Vrens uh, uh, blind. Uh, what is it? Blind, been uh, blind, or whatever his name is. Blindberg. 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 Yes. There's a proper way to say, it, but it's roughly that. Yeah. So. Brenz is a 6'10 kind of point forward. He's a positionless player, 7'1 wingspan, um, a lot of guard skills, really good defensive IQ. I, I posted a video if you type in um, Mavstraff and then at, I was stupid and didn't put Brenz's name. I just put his handle, uh, but it's at Brenz, B-R-E-N-Z-Z-Z. You'll see a video of him getting a few steals in a game and it really shows off his defensive IQ and ability to read passing lanes. I, I, He's a high upside player, high low floor player. So who knows? Um, would love to see him get a chance at Oklahoma City. The next to Poku would be incredible. And he's also friends with Vit, who's uh, coming over now. Uh, and he was, who was here last year uh, rehabbing his ACL injury, the second round pick last year uh, that was traded over from Washington. And the Admiral Schofield, shout out to Admiral Schofield, first overall pick in the G League draft uh, this last year as well. Uh, I think that, this draft is a very successful one. I think that we'll have another fun one next week as well. I think there was a lot of fun discussing James Book Knight uh, for us, especially because we were the ones, you were the one that was very high on him and kind of, I think, started the Book Knight buzz. But nonetheless, I'm now a Book Knight believer because of you. Uh, I'll give you a chance to do another victory lap here. And what do you have coming up for us uh, with your draft content? Because I know you have the Lockdown NBA mock, the Lockdown NBA draft, you're on the Ultimate Mock Draft and also MathDraft.com. Hey, appreciate it with the victory laps. Um, yeah, it's 10 days, a uh, little bit, actually less than 10 days now until the draft. And I am just trying to pump out as many scouting reports as I can. I made the dumb decision way back in February to go to New York, but leave like the day before the draft. Um, so who knows what this next week will be. Um, but trying to put out as much content at locked on NBA draft uh, today, Tuesday and next Tuesday, going to have some fun stuff i got features today and then uh next week honestly not sure probably just going to do a bunch of rapid fire we're doing that across the locked on nba draft team we're going to do some rapid fire prospects so anyone we haven't done an episode on we're going to try and do uh just a quick rundown of why we like and why we don't things like that so lots to look forward to in the final in the home stretch of the draft a ton of fun draft content, including our ultimate mock draft 2021 presented by Odyssey, which will have Ryan McDonough. It'll have Chad Ford. It'll have Richard Stamen, myself, David Locke, everyone you can imagine for draft content. To, as a little teaser here for uh, the audience, 
with the mock draft going to be kind of um, kind of relayed out over the course of a few days here. Which team were you most disappointed in the draft? Um, Charlotte. I, I, they took a reach at 11 for a player who didn't even get drafted in our first round that we just did. Charlotte, Charlotte, Charlotte. Oh, goodness. Got to wait and see who that is. They, their episode should be out tomorrow, if not Wednesday. So make sure you go check that out. It's the Ultimate Mock Draft presented by Odyssey. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y. Uh, they're incredible. Richard, you are incredible. Thank you for joining us on the Locked On Thunder podcast. Always a pleasure. We'll talk again next week. Appreciate it. Until then, be good and be good to one another. This is Locked On Thunder podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.